0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined by Amanda Loudon today. Hello, Amanda. Hey, how are you? Good, good. It sounds like maybe both you and I have had a little bit of a day today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, do the holidays
1: just throw everything off. Are your kids in school today?
0: Oh, yeah. They, they have school today and tomorrow. I should say we're recording this on the Monday of, um, uh, before Thanksgiving. So your, your kids have all the whole week off
1: um they just have half days today and tomorrow so i had a parent teacher conference this afternoon you know that kind of stuff so
0: half yeah. day of school that's just that's just bullshit that doesn't do anybody I any I good
1: body, right yeah yeah
0: <laughs> um, so uh so then are you getting any work done you got you got any assignments that you're working on
1: um yeah i'm i'm, I'm just working on i was working on some edits for something I, i'm doing on this um really interesting condition that that some endurance athletes um, end up having. It's it's called exercise-induced laryngeal obstruction. So um, it's something that comes across, it presents very much like exercise-induced asthma, and that's how it's usually diagnosed. And so then you'll have this whole group of athletes who have the condition, they're being treated um, with inhalers, and it's not effective, and it can take, in some cases, a couple of years to really figure out what's going on and then 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 the treatment even for the old traditional treatment for this condition um i guess doesn't isn't very effective either and so there's a whole there's a guy a new guy out in denver who's just come up with a great new treatment and so that's the i'm working on that for um for the post right now so it's it's interesting
0: wow huh yeah huh yeah. so everybody who's listening who thinks they have exercise induced asthma they might be misdiagnosed is that that Yes.
1: Nice. It it is it, it's fairly common, especially in younger athletes. Um, you know, teens, people in their young twenties. Um I interviewed a, a, a pro triathlete who um she's just been through this this years long process. She saw something like eighteen different doctors oh. and she's had every test underneath the sun and yeah, so it's it's a it's not a fun one, it sounds like.
0: Wow. No. Wow, huh,
1: my goodness. <laughs>
0: And then you are fresh off of uh, being in Philadelphia with the, some of Team EMR. How is that? That's right.
1: That's right. Um, oh, I felt so bad for those marathoners yesterday. <laughs> I um, I got up to run before the race, and the race starts at seven a.m. Uh-huh. and I went out at like five thirty to run, and it was pouring and windy, and I'm just like, oh, it's going to be so miserable for these poor people. And um, then when we went out, we we left um, the hotel to cheer like around seven thirty, uh-huh. and the the rain had stopped at least, but yeah. um, it was just it was such a cold, windy day for those folks, and you know, I think you know it never it never really calmed down and and just you know these big gusts of wind and um you know so i think it was a rough day for a lot of people but it was a lot of fun you know it was it was a lot of fun cheering and we we saw them at um a couple different points out there and and some of the bammers were just you know looking strong there was this group of women um they'd come to the the party the day before and i think it was four of them uh-huh. and it was it was their first marathon all four and they intended to stay together for the entire thing um, and I, I do want to hear if they, they managed it or not because I was thinking, oh, that's just you know so rare that it works out that way. But um, I'd like to know if they if they did. When I saw them at fifteen, they were all still together.
0: Oh so. my goodness.
1: Oh, because that's like trying
0: to be a centipede in a race. That just is, you know, because, you know, oh, oh, I just find it really hard to keep track of people because then they're like in your blind spot and you're like, wait, wait, where, where's Molly? Where's Molly? Oh, oh, there she is. You know, like, yeah, 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 you know, and then
1: like you all have your high points and low points of different, you know, you're not going to have them simultaneously, you know, so that's hard too,
0: I think. Yeah, right, right. Not just logistically, but yeah, physically. Yeah. Yeah uh-huh Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well speaking yeah, of, speaking of first time marathoners, uh, were your ears burning yesterday? I was getting texts um after the race from um a father runner named Michael Goff who uh, <laughs> yeah. And um he
1: was with he was with these women at fifteen.
0: No <laughs> way. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh where's Waldo um that is amazing because um so Michael is pretty much head of the train like a father Facebook page and um so and he followed uh train like a mother club program designed by you he was in traditional um you know finish uh the distance and so he was texting me and he said, uh, loved meeting Dimity, made a point of making me feel welcome at the event too cuz he was at the party." And he said, yeah. "And Amanda is so awesome." And I said, "I, oh. I agree 100%. Oh, I yeah. use that little 100% sign. I like that." And I, and he said, "Um, even though it's not her tagline, I did feel coached and loved." And I oh. and I said, "Oh, I felt the same way too while training for TCM."
1: Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad I'm glad he felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it it was fun to get to meet him and and like i said it was so funny because we he was not with them at mile eight when we saw them and then when we saw them at 15 there they were the five of them together so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness that's awesome that's awesome oh my goodness oh my gosh well that's a bummer about the wind yeah. Um, well, I spent a um, a fair bit of time inside this weekend because it was um, Romeo and Juliet um, performances. Oh, yes. nice! How did it go? Um, so uh, it was so Friday night. It was uh, they performed at a theater in downtown Portland, like a actual real theater, and. Oh my goodness, it was so fantastic because before each performance, uh, the director always comes out and he talks about how in Shakespeare's day there was no fourth wall and so that they very much it was very much written and performed with interaction from the audience and and you know, he this guy his name's Todd, he gives examples like, "Oh, if you see something sweet, what should you say?" and then we're all like, "Oh!" and then you know, and when a villain comes on, let's hiss, let's hear a hiss. And so he kind of coaches you beforehand. Well, so then Friday, um, the first, I would say six or seven rows of the theater were filled with other students from other schools. So they looked to me like maybe kind of ranging age from, I don't know, eighth grade up through high school and they were so interactive, and it it was fantastic i i mean everybody in the audience totally loved it um it turned out that the um performers felt it was pretty distracting and they couldn't hear a lot of their lines or hear you know some of their other actors lines so but it just made for a fantastic performance and it was very exciting to be in a um a real theater rather than just at school so um there were five performances total i saw it three times uh jack jack saw it twice And, um, oh my goodness, it was, it was stupendous. And, um, and I, I will, um, I have talked a lot about on this show. So, you know, that, um, John was one of three Juliettes and that, um, for each Romeo and Juliet, there was a, um, a boy, a girl, and then a non-binary student. And so there was debate over whether or not they'd have a kiss. And well, it turns out there wasn't just one kiss. I think there were four total. Um, and, oh, wow. And, so <laughs> the, and then I'm like, well, okay, so when you have that uh, range of, of actors playing the roles, it was like, well, then who do you pair up to kiss? So um, they paired... Um, boy boy girl girl and non-binary non-binary for three of the four kisses okay and um yeah so it was definitely very it was stage kisses so and very obviously at least i always would look at john during it 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 was very obviously stage kiss so putting hands on either side Mm -hmm. of the actor's face and then thumbs over the actor's mouth so um okay yeah so um Oh, um, Jack, um, works, his office is right next to the studio. He wants it to be, um, said that he saw it three times, um, and there were four kisses, which I thought, so let the, let the record show that Jack saw it as many times as I did, okay? So. <laughs> I thought we had that straight. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in case anyone was keeping count, because I certainly wasn't. So, uh, yeah. So it was. It was fantastic. Um, oh,
1: that's great. Yes, I think it's so. I just. I. I love kids who do theater. I just. It's so good for them. It really is.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So the kids have a little bit today. Uh, John woke up and he was like, "Oh, I'm sad that it's over." And I'm like, oh, "I'm sad that it's over too." So
1: yeah. 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 that's that's, I think, natural. It's like like us doing a race,
0: right? I thought you know? the exact same thing when he said it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, it's natural to have post- post-show post blues, honey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and if people want to see, I actually have one of the stage kisses. Uh, I posted it on Instagram last evening. So uh, go to Instagram oh, at awesome. the mother runner to see that.
1: <laughs> oh, I would go look for that. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I posted some, <laughs> I, we had a, st- I posted a story on Friday night, but I guess once a story is gone, it's, it's gone. So, but I think there's one or two oh, other, I think there's okay. another more video from Friday night too. So. Um okay, so anyway, okay. so the saga of Romeo, the tale of Juliet and his Romeo and her Romeo is and his Romeo uh, <laughs> I will stop talking about. It, so
2: <laughs> um,
0: anyway, so well our show today is about running safety and it's not so much about self-defense, but about staying safe from cars. And um you know, Amanda, you and I talk about how these winter months do get a whole lot darker. So that's a that's a lot of what we're thinking about. The um dark and also stormy winter months. So wow. yeah, you and I are going to be joined by Paula Harkin, who is a mom of two and co owner of Portland Running Company. And really debated for a long time who to have as the expert on this. And I uh, uh, landed on Paula because she's an expert for several reasons, including the fact that she often leads group runs and she's a race organizer. So she's helped keep countless people safe while running, but also because Paula has a nearly nine year running streak, nine years. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I figure she's run all sorts of conditions at all times of day in myriad locations and she's still here to tell about her tale about, so she obviously <laughs> knows how to stay safe. Uh, we'll talk with Paula right after this break. Please stay with us. Paula, welcome back to the podcast. Thank
3: you, Sarah.
0: So I'm just going to say up front that you and I are sharing a mic, so it might get a tiny bit awkward at times, but... <laughs> I wouldn't have
3: eaten my pretzels on the way over here had I known.
0: <laughs> at, least you at least you didn't have hummus with them or something like that. <laughs> So, all right. So, it's great to have you on the show again. And somehow it's been three years since you were on talking about your running streak, which is at least having you run a mile a day. So, before we jump into the topic of running safety, we need an update on the streak.
3: Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, I actually, um, I did my little, I have a little calculator. It's called Days Between. So, you put in the first day of your running streak. And... um and then, of course, I included today, so I'm up to 3,246 days. And I think when I came oh last God. time, it was about 2,000 days. coming up on
0: 2,000. So wait, yeah. so you've almost, I mean, wow, that's... Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think we're close to, to doubling. So um, it's been eight years, 10 months, and 20 days.
0: But Where hey, I, who's counting, right?
3: Nobody's counting. <laughs> I have to actually look it up because it's been so long and I forget. So it's like, ah, uh, I know it's close to nine years. That's what I know now. It's close to nine years. Uh-huh. Wow, that is amazing
1: and and since you're close to our age, I have to ask how do you stay injury free running every day
3: well i that's such a good question. I think that um i I have to take care of myself and I have to listen to my body and be you know really keenly aware of things that are are happening so um, I think we all kind of have barometers like when we need new shoes or you know, we've, we've uh, pushed it, pushed it too much for the week or two weeks in a training cycle, we have to slow back. So I'm, I'm just really, really keenly aware of, of those types of things. And, and by now I kind of know them. Like I know when my shoes are worn out, I know when I need to take a, a really easy day. Um, I definitely still uh, do massage. The princess Paula is back. I have massage every other week scheduled. I need it. Um, I have to stretch, foam roll, My husband says I don't do that enough. But yeah, so those are just kind of preventative measures, I would say, more than anything.
0: But so, Paul, you don't only do running. I mean, do you do any strength training?
3: Not really. Oh. oh. I know. No, I do have a a, – I know. (laughs) It's so bad. No, I really do have a routine, though, that is core strengthening that I do every single day. Every day, I get down on the ground, and it takes me about 15 minutes. But sometimes I do it a little faster. Sometimes I do add a few things, but it includes um, core work and um, some, some minor, like I think a lot of people would call it like Pilates type work, but it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, from my PT, and I just use it to maintain my, my hip balance and um, my strength in my core so that I can stay strong while I'm running
0: okay so your answer saying you don't do strength training is like it's not like you you don't go into the gym and pump weights
3: no I do not I don't I want to
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh there's time later in life for that Paula
3: (laughs) I keep saying I'm gonna go do yoga I threaten but you know what now that I move downtown I might do yoga I'm gonna try
0: because you're near a lot more studios. I know, right. Yeah. I mean,
3: who? I just don't like to get in my car and drive to go exercise that much. I kind of want to just stay in, you know, on well, that, my feet.
0: That's, that's why we're runners.
3: Right. And, yeah. yeah, and walkers. Do you know, I've just really been walking a lot and I love it. Oh, good. It's So I do that too now. You get such a darling look
0: on your face when you talk about it. (laughs) I love it. Since I'm right there.
3: (laughs) You can think while you're walking.
0: It is true. You notice so much more when you walk. Oh, you
3: do. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I mean, I probably added three miles a day just walking around. So I like it. (laughs) Because that's what
0: you need is more impact.
3: As a matter of fact, my car battery was dead today. So that means I never drive it. So I had to have a jump.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, talking about cars, that's what we're keeping people safe from. So let's start with um, where people should run, the sidewalk versus the street. It is a source of much debate, even within Team AMR. Um, Adrienne Martini, who's one of my co-hosts, she um, came out here um, before we went to our retreat and she went running in my neighborhood and she knows that I run in the street and she only runs on the sidewalk and she was just kind of almost appalled that people run in the street out here. So, um, so, 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 because I just find sidewalk. Well, I'll, you answer where you think people should run, Paula. But then I'll say why I am such an advocate of running in the street.
3: That's fair. Um, I can I say where I want people to run versus where I run.
0: You can tell both.
3: Okay. Um, I run in the street. Yes. I do not want to run on the sidewalk. First of all, I think concrete is harder than asphalt, and I don't think. I, I know there's that debate, but I definitely think that asphalt is better on your body than concrete. Sure. And it is concrete, you know, is just smashed up rocks. And there's just no, there's no, there's no giving to it from it whatsoever. Uh-huh. There's no give. And so, um, but also the cracks and the garbage oh. cans and the recycling bins and the light posts. I mean, we can't be on the lookout <laughs> like that and relax and run
0: right right well that, that, that's what the, that's what i said to adrian my main thing is that the sidewalks out here are so uneven there's all these mature trees their roots are having a battle with the sidewalk so there's all these on une- and then the curbs and i mean when i ran in san francisco i sometimes ran on the sidewalks and that's the only time i've ever bitten it on a run yeah. was you know just tripped and boom suddenly then you're splayed out yeah. flat
3: well i will say um that your neighborhood is has narrow streets and lots of uh, lots of parked cars, mm-hmm. and um so maybe that was her take. Like it's not quite wide enough. Mm. There's more traffic because if you moved da- if you were downtown running, she would probably say, "Yeah, just run in the street," mm. or running like in a more of a suburban neighborhood that's not quite so. Oh, like so a, many, subdu- like like a, a sub-div- subdivision. Yeah, Where
0: everybody has driveways, which nobody would
3: trade out this for that. But I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: Thank you, thank you. But, but, um, because Amanda, where do you run? You,
1: you're a street yeah, runner. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Team Street as well. I, um, <laughs> I, and for the same reasons, and especially, particularly running in the dark, I think I, in the dark, I really don't want to step on sidewalks even with a headlamp. I feel like you're just going to miss things. They're just they're too uneven. Um, whereas the road, especially if you're like on a nice wide road, you know, I it's there's just less to trip over. So yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree with I would agree with that too. But but are you saying you you want you you personally run in the street and Paula and you want people to run in the street or you think do you think it depends on location?
3: I definitely think location has something to do with it. But um, I think that there are some people, some women that I know, I would want them to run on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. because maybe they're just not as aware of traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of those are my friends, but (laughs) I'm not going to name any names. But no, I I actually would say for most people, run in the street. And, you know, as long as you can be seen and you can see other people, I think that um, that's very important. I have a saying that is called defensive running. It's kind of like defensive driving. I mean, you really need to put yourself in the position of the driver all the time when you're a runner. You have to say that car is not looking because you're not going to win. You're not going to win the battle if you're right and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So defensive running to me is just always being aware of what you think that car might do if you were driving it.
0: I love your term defensive running because it is so true that you do, when you've been out there a while, you feel you can know what the cars, you can see the car approaching. Oh yeah, they don't see it's a stop sign. They're not going to slow down.
1: So Paula, do you ever choose your early morning or evening routes based
3: on how well lit they are? I think that um, I have to go when I go running when it works with my schedule. So I do have to go sometimes uh, when it's dark, dark outside, whether it's in the evening or early in the morning. So so I don't always get to choose my route based on whether it's lit or not. Um, so I have to be very careful and make sure I've invested in some of the products that I know can keep me safe in all in all weather, in all lighting situations.
0: Well, but do you ever choose your route based on like street lights? You know, knowing that like, because I don't do that. Cause I find mm-hmm. Portland has very few streetlights yeah. and so it it's just seems dark all the time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I then- would like, I'd like women to be able to choose that though. I mean, of course I'd much rather have the women that I train and run with run in the light or, you know, along either in the morning when it's bright and light or, which is hardly ever here in Portland, <laughs> but, um, but if you can find a place to run that's well lit, um, I would say do it for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
1: And no matter where you're running, sidewalk or street, it's important to run facing traffic. Is that right? I mean, it, it kind of drives me nuts when I see people running with traffic.
3: Yeah, I think that's uh, a very good point. Um, although I, there are times when I cross the road and run with traffic because I think that if a car is going to come around that corner, they've, I've, I've, they're going to be in the bike lane where I'm running. And so they can't see me until it's almost too late. I've crossed the road and run with traffic in that uh, scenario, but I try to stay. I try to stay definitely facing traffic. Mm-hmm.
0: I find that to be. Th- I mean, Amanda, you live out east, so you can speak to this perhaps better than we can. But when I go see my parents in Connecticut, if I'm coming up on a blind curve, I will switch sides and run. Uh, with the traffic, but then immediately, you know, yeah. look really closely and cross back over because I just see people routinely running the same direction the cars are going. And I just think how long until they get hit? Yeah. You know, yeah. because you just, you need to make eye contact with those drivers and yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about the importance of doing that is, you know, kind of connecting with the driver? Sure. I think that um,
3: if you can see the driver's face you can anticipate what what could happen and so <clears throat> excuse me running on the uh, running against traffic is super important for them first of all to see you and if they didn't if you're running if you're running with traffic I mean they you don't know if it's somebody that's 70 or 80 years old or that has bad eyesight that just needs to run to the bank or the store or whatever and they're in the bike lane and they don't know it you do not have enough time to react if you're running with traffic so you know give yourself that chance and and just follow the rules there's a reason why you run and walk uh facing traffic and that that's what you know you're recommended to do um and so definitely give yourself the opportunity to res- to to respond to oncoming traffic or a car that's not looking at you or that you can see they're on their phone and you know that oh my gosh this is a potential uh you know h- head on hit a pedestrian s- situation i need to jump off and you can i've seen it happen I, my, my running partner threw a water bottle at a car one time because it was so close just literally just threw the
0: water bottle. Because, you know, it makes it's that it's it's scary. It is so true, because if you have your back toward the car that's approaching you, you can't see what's going to happen. And so there's no time to react. I mean, there's definitely I'm sure we've all been on the streets times where we needed to suddenly jump off into the little grassy area right next to the road or something or hop up on the sidewalk. You know, if I'm staring down the 17 bus that's out in front of my house, you know, it's going to win every time. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, and also that um I, you talking about, um you know, if it's light out and you can see the driver's face, but I've also heard that sometimes just look at the windshield of the car where you know the driver's face will roughly be, you know, even if you're not, maybe they're short and so you're looking above their head, but it appears like you're looking at them, helps get the driver's attention, you know, so um just appearing really alert and like, I see you car, I see you, we are sharing a connection here. so and Paula you touched on um you know having the appropriate lights and all that stuff and and you know um we'll get a little bit into details about that but because Molly my running partner and I are on a crusade to get people to be well lit up and dressed so people can see because it is so dark out there and then the thing is is when you're a morning runner You think of yourself as a morning runner. So you think it is, even if it's 4.30 in the morning, it's still to you the morning. Whereas for a lot of the drivers you're encountering, it's still the night. And they maybe are, you know, drunk, they're high, they're tired, they're distracted, whatever it is. You know, they could be coming back from partying. They could be coming back from a night shift. You know, so that they are not as alert as maybe someone who's going to do their morning commute. You know, be behind the wheel, and I don't know if they're even alert. So maybe they have another coffee. But, but um, uh, so as the Paula, as the owner of a, several running stores, um, what do you try to impress on runners and walkers about um reflective gear and lights? Well,
3: we we carry we we carry. Knuckle lights, mm-hmm. we carry headlamps, we carry reflective gear, mm-hmm. we carry um zinglets which go over your shoulders and and pin onto your like they basically just snap around your waist and over your shoulders very highly reflective fabric with um with uh flashing lights and it's it's such a great piece, so you know it doesn't overheat you it's just basically as like a pair of suspenders that you put on and um, you can get you can get that same thing with or without these blinking lights. It doesn't. Sometimes people don't want to purchase this big vest with like that swings and or makes you hot or gets really sweaty. So this zinglet is really an awesome piece, and I really highly recommend that to um, men and women that run at dusk and dawn because it's very hard for people to see, and it's even hard for you to see what's coming. Even bicycles.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. A, you know, a big concern here in Portland,
3: big concern. And, you know, it's not always the friendliest because they're in a hurry and they're commuting and you're running and you mm-hmm. might not be all the way over and they might think you're not all the way over. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them don't have bells. Some of them do have bells. Um, I I run uh, on Friday mornings. I volunteered our union gospel mission and I run down there at 530 in the morning and people are commuting. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have lights on, they would not see me. It's not well lit. And it's, it's, you know, you're running probably, you know, in just completely in the dark. So I, I pin these little flashing, little flashers on my clothing um, so people can see me. And it's actually quite bright. So between my headlamp and my flashers and my reflective uh, Zinglet, um, I feel way safer a hundred percent safer and then people once the light you know i do the breakfast thing and i'm running back home they're like why do you have all these lights on <laughs> and i'm like well because i'm cute
1: <laughs> well so i love some i i'd like to be a little bit of um, an encyclopedia and i have some really fun facts that kind of apply to all of this um about vision um, so apparently if you've been in a well-lit indoor space and, and, and then you go back out into the dark, it's going to take your eyes um, about 20 minutes to adjust. So, um, you know, you, you may not be able to see details, but you're going to be able to make your way around no problem. You will have adjusted at that point. But but drivers um, are actually never going to completely adapt to the dark because, um, you know, they're they're facing – headlights and streetlights, traffic lights, and all those types of things. So, um, you know, we as runners might think that they can see us, but, um, you know, studies show that they, the drivers are overestimating how far and how well they can actually see. Um, so it's, it's important, you know, that, that we're really, really cognizant of their shortcomings. And, and I think like Paula said, to always run assuming that they don't see us and, and, and you know, defensively.
0: Yeah, and on that, sa- on that sort of same note, I was reading something that was saying that you need to let the drivers know that you are a person, that you are a human, and that, that so just having like a headlamp isn't sufficient because they might think you're a bike, they might think you're a car with only one headlight, and that so you need to have flashing lights or reflective on the moving parts of your body. And so, um, I mean, that's why knuckle lights are so great, because they're on your hands. So they, you know, because of their name, they are on your knuckles. Um, and uh, or night Nightrunner uh, 270, which are ones that we wear on our shoes. So you got that movement you know, your feet are moving. And so to have multiple points. And so you're supposed to have, you know, like flashing light, you know, on the sleeve of your shirt or on the cuff of your jacket, on the, you know, clip to the you know, pocket of your sockany bullet caprice, something like that, so that you have these multiple points of moving, light, and reflective. And then Paul, have you ever heard of this stuff uh safety skin? It's um it's really cool. I just discovered it, someone on social media was telling me about it. And it's um you apply it directly onto your skin and it's kinda like um it is, yeah, it's like reflective pain almost in that it's... And you apply it like you apply a stick deodorant or like body glide or something like that. And so you can put it on the back of your hands, on your arms, on your... You know, like if you're wearing capris in wintertime, you can put them on your calves. And then it's just, you know... And so each... Before each run, you just apply it. And I think each stick is, I don't know, like 70 or something. A lot of applications. And um, so that doesn't... You know, you don't have to remember... You know, oh, I left all my blinky lights at home. Well, here I got this stick and boom, 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 and I don't know. It's just really kind of an interesting product that I found out about recently. But we also have these um, reflective.
3: Uh, they're basically like a piece of reflective tape, mm-hmm. and it sticks, and you can apply it wherever you want on your fab, on whatever piece of clothing you're wearing. Mm and that's a, that's a really nice nice thing to have in your bag but most shoes have reflectivity now as well too and so but light would have to hit that to actually show that up and sometimes a car might see that but it's it's pretty late in the in the of the guy's vision if you're a car driving 50 miles an hour and then you see it coming up but i mean it does work but i wouldn't count on just that i definitely would have something that's blinking i recently just got seeded a product called um Loom glow, and it, it i want I want to wear it it's it looks like a bandolina like a big band that you wear around you can wear it cross or you can wrap it around your waist, but it has all these different flashing like it can go red and blue and it can go faster it can go slow, and so um I just feel like Wonder Woman when I'm wearing this thing it's great it's a little heavy i I think bikers it would be better on bikers on cyclists um but uh this is important. we have to stand out and we can't count on just you know going and, and hoping people see us we can't
0: yeah on, on social media when at one point I just was struck um when you know we uh when daylight saving time ended and that uh I said something about how important it is to be seen and somebody's like if you don't look like a Christmas tree out there you're doing something wrong <laughs> yeah it's like you need to be you know the gaudy neighborhood house with all the lights <laughs> yeah 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 yeah
1: Well, and so when we talk about lights, also, there are two purposes. You want to see and and you want to be seen. So Paula, what kind
3: of lights do you like? I like the headlamp. And I also have a flashlight. And just a A flashlight. flashlight. I know. I know. It's a good flashlight. They're really bright now, you know. Is they okay, they really like are. They're like not doing an ad
0: for flashlights. All <laughs> oh, those flashlights are so good these days. <laughs> I bought it at Radio
3: Shack. No, I didn't. Um, so a flashlight so remember. you can actually see in front of you if you didn't want to wear it on your head. Sometimes people don't like the headlamps because it gives them headaches. Oh, um,
0: I don't like it because it gives me tunnel vision. Right, and the uh, knuckle yes, lights so. are
3: good if you. But sometimes it makes some people maybe a little a little seasick too because you're moving those around. And um, so, yes, I, I think it's important to be seen, but I also think it's really important <laughs> to see. So we got to figure out something. So flashlight, headlamp, knuckle lights, you know, all those, even your cell phone, you know, if you had that and you could see, you could use your light to, to so run.
0: I, would wor- I don't understand how people run holding their cell phone. Like I would just I trip either. and it would be shattered <laughs> screen after like yeah. mile two, you know? Yeah. So I don't get a flashlight
3: and a bumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get
1: a new headlamp because I mine has, um, you know, the batteries. I've got one of the, you know the old fashioned little petzels and in the, in the batteries, and it seems to run out. The batteries seem to I run through them so quickly, and then I don't feel like it's a, a bright enough or wide enough space. Like I, I want a new headlamp that has like a big old spotlight, but not too heavy.
3: I think Petzl actually has those now, and they're also rechargeable. They're a little bit more expensive, but if you don't want to buy batteries all the time, that definitely is the way to go.
0: Rechargeable is, I mean, thats it's life-changing. I mean, like knuckle lights now are rechargeable, because those things ate batteries for breakfast, the old version, and so recharging, But and I find, I mean, I pretty much recharge them almost after every run just because there's few things worse than getting out there and you're like yeah I got my lights I got this I got that and then the battery dies and then you're just another one of those chuckleheads with no lights you know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, so so let's talk about colors of apparel um and it seems like a lot of runners think wearing like orange or pink on pre-dawn runs help drivers see them so they skip lights and but if there's no sun to be bouncing off of that bright color you might just as well be wearing charcoal gray out there and um so the bright colors are great in the daytime but not in the dark so um but there's also um paul you must carry some products at your store that are those jackets that look normal in with when there's no light shining on them and then you shine a light on them and the whole thing lights up those are amazing
3: yeah, those are the, it's just it's amazing. It really is. Um, i I have a jacket. I actually just took a picture of it for a lady that was shopping at our store, and it's a Nike jacket. You, I, I did the, my flash, my photo, uh, took a photo of it in the flash, and it just lit up like a Christmas tree. And it is, it's called the flash jacket. <laughs> it is amazing, like literally amazing. And I, I have a jacket that was all flash. Like so, like now they have the flash somehow embossed on the jacket, so that it's not all over the jacket. Um, but but originally when Nike came out with this product, it was it was the whole jacket and. I sometimes, if I'm driving and I have that jacket on, I'm like, w- who's shining a flashlight on my face right now? Cause, and I think, you know, I see myself in the mirror, just flashes. It literally is so bright. So it's awesome. There's products that you can buy that, that you will 100% be seen like a long way away, which is way better than just a light, bright clothing. Mm-hmm. So definitely need reflectivity and reflectivity striping mm-hmm. and
0: um, or built in. It's It's a must. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And also, I think people need to uh, remember that it's not just when it's dark, but here in Portland, you and I, Paula, certainly know when it's raining hard, it can be the middle of the day. And if it's raining, you know, it's hard to see people or for people who live in even more inclement places than we do when it's snowing, you know, and so that I think... That it's not just, you know, um, uh, during the night, during the pre-dawn and post-sunset hours that people have, the drivers have trouble seeing you. Yeah. And also, I do want to bring bring back, cyclists really, you can't always count on cyclists giving runners respect, particularly when we share the road with them. Uh, Molly okay. and I almost got picked off by a cyclist who didn't have a light on, and we had lights with us. And she just was not moving at all. She just was not going to give us an inch. And I just thought, you know what? Like I pay my taxes too. I'm allowed to run on this street that I help pay yeah. for. You know, yeah. so that. So that. Have you, have
1: you ever done like a little dance with the cyclists? Like they're coming toward you, and like you go left, and they go left, or you go right, and they go right, and trying to figure out, you know, who who gets which side of the road before there's a collision. It's kind oh, of hard too,
0: right? Because also because you know, in that in that game of chicken, the runner loses again. You know, there's, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, maybe a kid on a tricycle will win against, but other than that, I think we're losing <laughs> all of these, all these showdowns with wheeled vehicles. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, and then I also wanted to
1: talk a little bit about, um, you know, listening to podcasts or music while you're running. Um, you know, I don't, because I'm always, you know, I'm usually out with my friends and, and whatever else, but, uh, you know, if you've got those earbuds in, you um, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, you're shutting off your senses to noise. So, so Paula, can you talk a little bit about the importance of being aware of your surroundings?
3: I would love to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's so important for us, if we're going to wear, I, if, if you're going to wear uh, a headphones, you definitely have a couple options now. One is to take one earbud out, which I think you can still hear cars and bikes and other people coming up behind you. Um, So I think that's one option. Uh, If you're going to listen to your uh, podcast, I think running on the treadmill is a good option. But if you're out and about and you're running with those in, you are really putting yourself at risk. And... I think that we need to be very careful when we're out there, and we need to use all of our senses, all of our senses. And if we if we if we put earbuds in that block our hearing and our senses, and we are, we're we're not doing ourselves any favors. We're going to definitely increase our our chance of getting hurt, running into a bike, running into a crosswalk, and we get excited when we are listening to these things, right? Whether it's music or a podcast, you kind of start, you know zoning out a little bit and so we need to be very careful when we're doing that so that we're not we're not we're not putting ourselves in danger Mm
0: -hmm. and we just Mm -hmm. uh, a couple months ago just returned on to aftershocks which are these amazing, and I think I've talked about them before on the podcast, these amazing headphones that work by bone conductivity. So they don't sit in your ear hole. I think there's probably a technical uh, medical term for what your ear hole is called. Uh, ear canal. It doesn't sit in your <laughs> ear canal. How about that? And uh, so they sit um, on your uh, yeah, ear hole. <laughs> uh, so aftershocks sit on your cheekbone, right? Where your cheekbones meet your ears and they conduct the sound through your bones so that it leaves your ear canal. Now, um, free so that you can be um, safe as a mother runner and um, it really they work amazingly well the sound is just super clear and and what I've learned from running in them a lot, not only you can hear cars, you can hear people saying stuff to you, good or bad. Um, you can hear like dogs approaching you. Um, and then I realized in races, you can hear spectators cheering for you. And as a person who's occasionally an MC at a race, you can hear the MC of the race because it drives me nuts being at the finish line and they can't hear me. But that's a separate issue. That's not a safety issue. But but that, um, And so that um, so and they come in two sizes and because I got a big old noggin, I I wear the regular size, but, but Paula, you just tried them and you wear the mini, don't you? Yeah, cause do. you, cause you, get, cause you're a peanut, you got a little peanut head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so aftershocks, they're amazing things. So that, so the Paula, when, when you and I first talked about this topic and I called you to ask you to be on the podcast, you talked about how you really want women to, um, trust their gut and really, um, really kind of run by instinct. And if, if they get a sketchy feeling or something, Um, that they ought to listen to that feeling. So could you talk a little bit more about that? I I really, I'd love to talk about that. Um,
3: I think that anytime we get that little, our spidey sense uh, kind of kicking in, we definitely need to turn around. Um, There's a reason we have that. And... um, I want us to use it if if there's a path that we go down every single day and all of a sudden you're like that seems weird, well, it's probably weird, and we need to it's kind of like the the defensive running thing let's let's use let's use our all of our skills to get through this run. And the more we use them, the more natural they become on a run. But if we're just, you know, with running along with our headsets on and no lights and no, you know, it's just, we're not doing ourselves any favor. So let's listen to our gut when we see or feel like there's something wrong. Now, it's not that hard to turn around and go back the other way and see if there's another runner coming, probably another mother runner. And then you turn and you can kind of follow them, kind of follow them along. So like, just give yourself a chance to react to that feeling it's really important and you're not you're there's no there's no harm in, in waiting or going another direction for a few minutes until you can kind of like try to figure out what that what that message is that you're receiving
0: I think that's very important so all right so as a woman who has run probably all over the world in your nine years um is there anything that you think we haven't covered that we need to think about I think that's important these days when we go
3: out for a run, um, we have so many, um, tech technology, technological pieces that we can use now. Like my husband tracks me, (laughs) you know, we can share our location now. Yeah. And so obviously a lot of people do this. Um, and so, uh, my husband will say, you stopped at the bathroom. No, (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Um, but you know, you, if somebody knows where you are, I mean, use these things, you know, and, or, you know, if you're stopping for a minute, text somebody, tell them where you are, make sure that you have enough water, make sure you have enough food, make sure that you're, you're um, being as safe as possible with your clothing and your shoes and you're letting somebody know where you are. But my most important thing is if you can run in a group, if you can run in a group with, with some neighborhood moms or somebody from your gym or somebody from work, do it. It is so much safer to run in a group than it is to run alone.
0: I do this. I, you are always with a group when I see you running. I know. <laughs> like everybody wants to run with Paula. <laughs> I have to do what I have to do. I have to beg people,
3: please run with me. I'm on Monday, 3,250.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really oh, oh, my goodness. And, and is there, I tried to find a way that I could follow your streak. How can people follow your streak, Paula? I don't really know
3: how you can follow it. Well, of course, there's the. the, the are you, you on,
0: like, are you on Strava?
3: I am on Garmin. Oh, okay. I'm Garmin. I'm not a Strava.
0: You know, you can link the two of them together. Maybe I should try <laughs> that.
3: Um, I, uh, I, of course, you have to you have to um, apply every year and turn in your your. Uh, all your runs to this association, the United States uh, Running Streak Association. And so, you know, runeveryday.com. And so you have, I have that, but um, also, uh, you know, I just have to write down every day what I do. So I have these, you know, now I'm up to, this is my ninth book. Your your booklets. Yeah.
0: Right. I wanna I wanna know what museum you're going to bequeath those to in your will. Nobody wants them. <laughs> so uh I, I have a new goal
3: though. Because oh. you know, when we first talked about my streak, I was hoping to become um Proficient. I don't know if you remember this, but at first you start out and you're a neophyte. And then after five years, you get to become a proficient. Well, now I'm working on experienced. So once I reach 10 years, which is just over a year away from now, I get to be experienced in this group. So I'm really excited about that. But isn't it funny how these little goals set us you know, on fire and, and we, we strive, we kill ourselves for these things, which mean nothing.
0: I, I'm going to tell you all of it. I, I hope to have you on again, but I definitely want to have you on when the streak comes to an end, because it will, I mean, yeah, it, will. Um, it will come to an end and, um, you know, and I, it's not going to be with you having a bad encounter with a car. It's going to be something. Yeah. And it's going to be a mindset when it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who had an exercise streak for a little over five years, I was proficient. I was, it wasn't all running, but it was all exercising. At least 30 minutes a day. Yeah. yeah. At least 30 minutes a day. So it, it takes, you gotta get your head space somewhere. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to, you can go lay on the couch if you want to talk about this later. (laughs) So, well, thank you so much, Paula. It's been delightful sharing the microphone with you and and talking with you. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) So, Amanda, you and Paula are cut from the same cloth. That your solution to safety is running with a group. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And and I think um, I mentioned to you before we started, as well
0: as lights and all that stuff. But I mean, yes, you know, yes, yes, sure. yes,
1: yeah. And I and I have. It's funny because I, I I so many characters from my group are coming to mind as we were speaking because we've got we do have somebody who wears that that. Um, the the lights that she was talking about that have all the different colors flashing all over the place. we kind of, you know, we, we call her, you know, our disco runner because it's just so, (laughs) but but you're going to get seen. Right. So, um, and then we have safety Ellie who, you know, our dear Ellie who runs with us, she is always yelling at all of us for doing things wrong, you know, like crossing at the wrong spot on the street and, you know, and not being lit up enough or whatever it might be. So, you know, yeah. But, um, so there's power in numbers, though, I think, and, um, and we could all, on top of everything else, kind of check up on each other with it. Right.
0: Right. Right. I love that you have a scold in your group who gets on. Oh, your yeah. Oh yeah.
1: There'll <laughs> be times we cross and we'll be like, good thing Ellie's not here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely hope that people listening take heart to all these and that, um, because it really, I mean, an accident can happen in the blink of an eye. And um, so, but they're, you know, hopefully that some useful uh, pointers. So, um, yes, well, um, now let's hear from Dimity in the Train Like a Mother Club.
2: Hello, hello, it's Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club corner. I am excited to be back on my corner, you know, between the corner of Bomb and Diggity or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but it is um Thanksgiving week, and uh, there's a lot to be thankful for, especially this post, which is in the stride into the holidays. Um, we've had a great, great group in there. The stride programs always just have a ton of energy and new people and a range of runners. And this one, thankfully, um, she is okay, but this comes from Megan, who says, uh, Hello, Bammers. I went for a run after working all day, picking up the kids and making them dinner. It was 27 degrees outside and dark. I was jamming to some tunes, running by the river. Awesomeness. I thought on the way back I would try a new trail my husband told me about. I turned off onto what I thought was a quote-unquote trail and fell through the ice uh, of a pond up to my waist in the dark. I got myself out and called my husband to pick me up with the kids. I was bummed because I was 20 minutes in and was at two miles. This is about three minutes faster per mile that I have been running. I walked the last 0.25 miles, last quarter mile in 10 minutes. I'm going to nurse my wounds now. Lesson for the day. When running in the dark, don't try a new trail. Um, And so, like I said, she is okay. She posted a picture of herself smiling with her thumb up and then posted a picture of her legs, which... Are kind of scraped up. I mean, thankfully she is okay, but yes, I definitely want to echo Megan's warning about if you don't know where you are, and especially if you're trying a quote unquote trail next to a river, let's be sure that you're not um, going to fall through the ice because we don't need any casualties in the stride program. So great work, Megan, um, getting hit in those two miles, and you'll be back to your fast running sooner than later. Hope you all have a great week. Um, a reminder again, that um, we have the goal setting webinars up on the front page of the train like a mother club TrainLikeAMother.club. a mother club so if you want to come in and talk about 2018 or hear about the programs or anything like that um, we would love to have you so go check out the dates and the times and um, yep gobble gobble see you next week
0: all righty folks well I gotta tell you for the first time ever The Mother Runner store is offering free domestic shipping on both Black Friday and Small Business Saturday. Oh my goodness, can you stand it? Yes, that is November 23 and 24. The Mother Runner store will have free shipping, free domestic shipping. And those dates are probably uh, today if you're listening on the first that the show comes out. So um, head on over to motherrunnerstore.com and while you're shopping there, be sure to check out three $25 deals we've got going on. One is a lifestyle tee with mother runner shoe tags. One says mother. The other one says runner. And uh, those two items together retail for $41, but we got them bundled together for $25. And there is another lifestyle tee with five limited edition temporary tattoos that are so awesome. Oh my gosh, they're made by our friends over at Mile Markings. And then there's also our AMR Tech Tee with a really cute sweaty band. That's a $40 combo for just $25. So head over to MotherRunnerStore.com to check it all out. Our podcast is a member of the ACAST Network, and our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon, by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy, highly visible miles to you.